Good evening, and welcome once again to Your Legal Rights on KALW San Francisco Bay Area. I'm your host, Jeff Hayden. Tonight on Your Legal Rights, we're talking bankruptcy, debtor's rights, and what this means for you. A quick summary of what bankruptcy is, the types of bankruptcy cases, how it all works. Interested about that? You've come to the right place. But maybe you want to dig a little deeper. Tonight, we're talking about bankruptcy and debtor's rights, sure. But we're digging a little further into what it means to you. And if you've got questions about bankruptcy, about debtor's solutions, we've got you covered. Call us for a two-minute airtime solution. A two-minute debtor's solution. That the pandemic wreaked havoc on the economy, that's old news. That to pull us out of the pandemic, the government spent lots and lots and lots of money. And that money led to rampant inflation. And that inflation raised interest rates to a level that we were not used to. Not in 20 years or so in any event. And yes, we're not at historical highs or close but it's certainly higher than our present economic model was built upon. And many of us find that we're in a bad place. And with a huge jump in prices, you would think bankruptcies would be soaring. But are they? What about consumer debt? It seems to be growing. And while most people are thus far not missing payments... Increasing debt amidst rising interest rates is not a formula for you and I to be economically healthy. Let's look at some other things we haven't talked about of late. You've fallen behind in your car payments. Just what can you do? You've fallen behind in your credit card payments. What can you do? You've fallen behind in your mortgage payments. What can you do? Tonight we're here to talk about bankruptcy and debtor's rights and perhaps more importantly to answer your questions and as becoming our practice when discussing bankruptcy and debtor's rights, call us for a two-minute airtime solution. And as always, there's a lot to discuss. Our phone number right here is 415-841-4134. Again, that's 415 841-4134. If you're outside of the San Francisco Bay Area, we can help you there too with a toll-free number. It's 866-798-8255. That's 866-798-8255. But bear in mind that our attorney guests can no more provide you precise legal advice on a case sight unseen than your doctor can diagnose a growth over the phone. However, we're happy to pass along the legal principles to assist in your decision making. And their legal guidance mightn't be the positions of their employers or their clients. Our guests are always here to help. And again, our phone number here is 415-841-841. 4134. If you're outside of the Bay Area, call us toll free 
at 866-798-8255. As always, you can call with any question about bankruptcy or debtor's rights. You don't have to jump in just where we are in our conversation. Joining me tonight is Leon D. Bayer from the Los Angeles firm of Bayer, Wishman, and Leota. Leon is a certified bankruptcy law specialist, certified by the California Board of Legal Specialization, State Bar of California, and longtime supporter of your legal rights. Mr. Bayer is co-author of the new bankruptcy. Let's try that again. Mr. Bayer is co-author of the new bankruptcy. Will it work for you? Published by Nolo Press and has been practicing bankruptcy since 1979. And Leon, welcome back to your legal rights. Thank you very much, Jeff. It's always a pleasure being here and hanging out with you in the audience. Unfortunately, we won't do it over a pizza this time, but it's wonderful having you back. Wait a minute. You didn't buy a pizza? You cheapskate. I can't fax it down to your locale. (laughs) But let me ask you something. You know, we were talking before the show, and we've seen a huge jump in prices. And again, this, this inflation we're seeing is not at historic highs. But it's high for most people, not what we're accustomed to. Interest rates have just seen a spike. And again, these aren't the historic highs that we saw in the 70s and early 80s. But it's higher than we're accustomed to and higher than our economic reality is built for. You would think bankruptcies would be soaring. Have you found that in personal or business bankruptcies that they seem to be going up? Um, the trend is is upwards. There's more cases being filed, but it's not a it's not an avalanche or a tidal wave of bankruptcy cases. Um, I think there are explanations for that because I think it will come, um, but it isn't. Ha- it's there's it's increasing, but slowly and steadily. You know what about consumer debt? It seems to be growing. And while most people this far are not missing payments, increasing debt amidst rising interest rates is not a really healthy formula for you and I to be economically healthy. Do you find it's that not, that's... Um, it's, it's really... When people borrow money on credit cards or personal loans at these kind of crazy high interest rates, it's an act of desperation. They're just clinging to a straws. Um, it's not a solution to anything to borrow money at these high rates. Um, but they're just trying to ched, tread water and stay even. Um, and and that's, that's what I've always seen happen in, in every financial crisis. And I've lived through many of them now in my professional bankruptcy career. And uh, they seem to hit about every 10, 12 years. And does it appear we're heading into one of those cycles where Eventually, people won't be able to sustain that? Yeah, I, I, I believe that is going to happen. Um, we see people file a bankruptcy generally when they have run out of available credit. Uh, they can borrow from Peter to pay Paul, um, and they use one credit card to make the payment, the monthly payment on the other set of credit cards and so forth. Um but eventually they run out of available credit. And then, you know, their house of cards collapses, and it is a house of cards because it's plastic, plastic money, plastic credit cards. It collapses when they run out of available credit, and then it's over. 
And then the band stops playing, and it's time to go see the bankruptcy work. This may be a little out of purview, but you mentioned another for- source of money. Another type of money is cryptocurrency. We're going to be talking about that next week. And that makes me wonder if that's another source of financial problems, especially we saw a run on one entity, FTX, which ultimately led to the criminal charges against Samuel Bankman-Fried. And as most people know, he was convicted on all eight charges next week. What is cryptocurrency going to look like after the conviction of Samuel Bankman-Fried? And that's our program next week on Your Legal Rights. But let's shift. That's going to be an interesting program. My own personal view is cryptocurrency is just the same group of people. I buy your crypto, and then I'll sell it to the guy next to me. He sells it to someone else. It's the same group of people, and they just keep trading it back and forth amongst themselves. Crypto has not reached any wide distribution uh, worldwide. There's a lot of people that own it, uh, but there's a whole lot more people who won't own it. And it's just people trading it back and forth, um, like baseball cards, really. That's that what it is. It's baseball cards on an enlarged scale. That doesn't sound like a sustainable system. We'll have some a mix of a securities lawyer, some people that are very heavily invested in crypto. Perhaps they've moved on. But they'll be back with us next week. That should be an interesting show. Um, more related to things that consumers are dealing with today. You've fallen behind in your car payments. Is your car in danger repossession if you pay every month, but you're always behind? Yes, it is. The, your your lender on your car loan has the right to repossess your car the minute you are late. Now, as a practical matter, they don't do that. Um, it's bad business practice, and it's expensive for them. They'd rather have you continuing to pay late charges every month and have you continuing to always be a month late. They make more money that way. They don't really mind it so much. Uh, they may squawk a little bit just to kind of keep you on edge. Um, but the fact is they make more money by collecting the normal rate of interest on the loan plus the late charge. Um, but when you fall to two, three, four months behind, that's when you really hit the danger zone. And um, that's when you really got to be worried that uh, you're going to wake up and your vehicle is not going to be there. So we did have a question. I'm behind in my car payments, and I'm afraid the lender will repossess my vehicle if I can't come up with the money to get completely current. Can bankruptcy help me to save my car? Yes, it can. Um, There is a type of bankruptcy which offers a financial restructuring for individual people, and it is called Chapter 13 of the Bankruptcy Code. Chapter 13 allows you to restructure the debt. Uh, The first thing that happens upon the filing of such a case is the court issues an immediate automatic restraining order. We call it an automatic stay, applicable to all creditors, including the creditor on your automobile loan. So they can't just arbitrarily come out and repossess. You, on the other other hand, must propose a fair and equitable plan to reorganize your debts. 
with respect to most automobile loans, you may catch up the back payments in small little bite-sized pieces spread out over anywhere from 36 months to 60 months, while you at the same time continue to make the normal regular payment so you don't get any further behind. If you do get further behind while you're in the Chapter 13, your lender is probably going to ask the judge for permission to repossess, and the judge will probably grant that permission and allow the repossession to finally take place. Uh, But if you can stay current once you file the case and pay a little bit extra every month um, such that you catch it all up, within three years, five years, not more than five years, you can save your vehicle. There are also opportunities sometimes to reduce the amount that you owe on a car. And, you know, we all know that once you drive your car off the dealer's parking lot, the car has gone down in value. You can't turn around and return to the dealer the next day and get the same amount of money from the dealer as what you agreed to pay. Um, So cars do go down in value. We call them depreciating assets because they drop in value over time. Chapter 13, in some cases, allows you to renegotiate the loan and go down to, as a starting point, to the current market value of the car. Uh, but with some catches, and that is you can't use this kind of a plan on a car that was purchased within the previous two and a half years. The loan has to be older. So let's say you've had your car, you're struggling with the car payments, but you have had that car loan for more than two and a half years, and the car has gone down a lot in value. Let's say the car is worth 10000 but you still owe 20000 on the loan. That's a fairly common situation. You may be able to do a Chapter 13 in this case because you've had the car for more than two and a half years. You may be allowed to buy the car, restructuring the loan down to its current value, the 10000 and buy the car for that price in payments spread out over three years, four years, five years, instead of having to pay off the actual loan balance that's on the books at the loan company. What do you think about that, Jeff? I think it was a heck of a way out, and if it's properly done, it's a win-win for both sides, which I guess is really what bankruptcy is trying to do, is trying to salvage both sides. That's exactly the point of the whole thing. A $10,000 car is still a $10,000 car, whether it's in your possession as a consumer or whether the bank has repossessed it and put it on the lot to sell it to someone else. It's still a $10,000 car. Isn't society better off leaving that car in the hands of the consumer who first agreed to buy it so they can go to work and be a productive member of society, paying taxes, supporting their dependents, and... Life goes on. However, again, that provision is only available in the case of a car loan that was already more than two and a half years old. 
Now, there's one other exception to that to that two-and-a-half-year rule, and that is, let's say you've owned the car. You already own it. You paid it off once, and let's say it's a, let's say it's a 2014 Chevrolet. You've already paid it off. It's free and clear. You have the title slip. Let's say you have gone to a title lender. A title lender is a lender that will take your vehicle as collateral and loan you money. That is the type of loan, a non-purchase money loan, which you may freely adjust in the bankruptcy case, the Chapter 13, to what we call cram down the amount you owe to the lender to cram it down to the current market value. But that's only on a non-purchase money loan. So it's a little bit, the stuff's a little confusing. Even a lot of lawyers don't fully understand it. There's no reason why someone sitting at home hearing all this stuff for the first time is going to comprehend it and absorb it all perfectly. Uh, But that's why God created bankruptcy lawyers. And we bankruptcy lawyers typically will talk to anybody without a consultation fee. So you can find out what your legal rights are. All of your creditors know their legal rights. It might be a good idea for you to also know your own legal rights. So we have many tools in the toolbox that we can use to restructure these things and hopefully save your vehicle so you can keep on driving it. You're listening to Your Legal Rights on KLW San Francisco Bay Area. I'm Jeff Hayden. Tonight we're discussing bankruptcy, debtor's rights, auto repossessions, and we're offering a two-minute airtime solution. If you need help at this time of need, my guest, Leon Bayer, is here to help. He's one of the great experts of our time. If you have questions, our phone number is 415-841-4134. Again, that's 415-841-4134. If you're outside of the San Francisco Bay Area, call us toll-free at 866-798-798. 8255. That's 866-798-8255. And as always, you can call regarding any question on tonight's topic. You want to talk about bankruptcy. Maybe you're behind in your car payments. You want a two-minute debtor solution. Call us toll-free. We're here to help. And you can, as always, call regarding any question on tonight's topic. You don't have to join us at the exact spot we may be in our conversation. So what about somebody, Leon, who didn't call you quite as quickly? My car was just possessed. What do I have to do to get it back? And how much time do I have to try to get it back? Sounds like we, sounds like we just lost Leon Bear. We'll get him back on the line have him with us in just a moment, but while we're waiting, let's talk about some of the shows we have coming up. We're fairly well booked up for the next several weeks, and we have some interesting shows in store. Next week, as I mentioned, we have a mix of securities lawyers and currency experts. We're talking about the future of cryptocurrency after SPF. What is that market going to look like? Is it ever going to recover? 
Then the week following, we're back with our bi-monthly landlord-tenant broadcast. And yes, as always, we're here to take your calls and answer your questions. The week following, courtesy of the Labor and Employment section of the California Lawyers Association, we're here to deal with some of these labor issues that are coming up today. And that takes us into the end of November, December 6th. Yes, we're booking a bit further out these days. We're here to answer all of your year-end tax issues. So we do have some interesting shows coming up. This one might get fairly good if our guest returns. Why don't bank a few calls so that when he comes back, we'll be able to help you with your problems, your debtor's rights problems. Maybe you're behind in your car or your payments. Maybe you're behind in your house payment. Who better to help? Our phone number is 415-841-4134. Again, that's 415-841-4134. And we should have Mr. Bayer back with us in just a moment. And I believe that may be him calling in now. No, apparently not. So, I'd be happy to chat with anybody who wishes to call in and talk about future shows. Tell me what you would like to hear about. You've heard several weeks of shows stored up. I have a couple of guests, each of whom has practiced law or been in the legislature. Various things that have really helped to shape our world for a long, long time. Working on bringing you some very interesting guests. But right now, I would love to hear from you. What would you like to hear on this show? It's all fair game. We'll return to bankruptcy when we hear back from Mr. Bayer. But in the meantime, feel free to call us and tell us about anything you like. It's your opportunity to sound off. It's your opportunity to tell us what you want to hear. Our number in the Bay Area is 415-841-4134. Again, that's 415-841-4134. If you're calling from outside the Bay Area, our number is 800-798-8255. That's 415-841-4134 or 866-798-8255. You don't have to join us exactly where we are in our conversation. And let me turn it back to Leon Bayer. Welcome back. Okay. I, I'm not sure at what point 
we got disconnected. Um, I asked the question and you weren't with us to answer it. That's where we got disconnected. The joys of modern phones. Okay. The question was, my car was just repossessed. What do I have to do to get it back? How long do I have to get it back? Okay. Um, your lender can sell the car at a repossession sale, an auction sale, and they are entitled to sell the car as soon as they have given you at least 15 days of advance notice. And if you want your car back, well, it's tough luck. Probably you're not going to get it back. And that's because if you couldn't make the payments in the first place, you probably can't come up with enough dough to reinstate the loan by catching up all the back payments, the interest charges, the late fees, the repo fees, the storage fees, the auction sale fees. Um, chances are you just haven't got that money, and therefore you won't get the car back. So don't let that happen to you. So once they actually take physical possession of the car, you have to bring it completely current, or it's just not going to happen. That's right. And, in fact, there are a couple of exceptions to the rule about allowing reinstatement of the loan. The lender does not have to give you the car back if it has been repossessed previously in the prior 12 months or if the car has been used for the commission of a criminal act. So if somebody was driving your car as the getaway car from a bank heist, the lender doesn't have to let you reinstate the loan. They can tell you to go pound sand. Let me turn it over to Scott in San Francisco. Welcome to your legal rights. Hi, and thanks for taking my call. I had a, I had a, a two, uh, two questions. One is a tax question, and if you don't do that, I have a question about the insurance companies dropping out of California. What are we supposed to do, and is the Department of insurance doing anything to help us remaining homeowners well i have scott i have a it's nice to talk with you i have a probably a better shot of answering being able to answer the tax question than i have of being able to answer the answer the political question so yes with the tax question okay i take care of my disabled brother and i get something called in-home support services income that's generally with that Federally and state tax exempt, but they do take out uh, three different kinds of taxes, uh, SSI, uh, FICA, and, and one other type of taxes. So there's three different uh, taxes. And I understand that there was something called a notice 2014-7 that said that that could not be used to fund Roth IRA contributions, but that subsequent to that there was something else going on in, uh, I don't know, regarding Section 131 of the uh, IRS code. So the question is, as of now, can I fund a Roth, an existing Roth IRA? I'm 73 years old. I have a traditional Roth IRA. I have a, I'm sorry, I have a traditional IRA and a Roth IRA. And I just want to fund some Roth IRA for inheritance purposes. Sure. Okay, that's a splendid question. Um, two things come to my mind. At age 73, I don't know as a fact that you are allowed to make IRA contributions anymore. Um, 
But the people who will know will be banks that offer IRA accounts because they are versed in all these rules. The other people who will know will be the folks that I have on the radio here on December 6th. And on December 6th, we're doing our annual year-end tax program. And I have one of the lawyers is confirmed. I expect to have two to three altogether. And that would be a great opportunity because it gives you three and a half weeks or so to deal with that before the year ends. Yeah, I'm pretty sure people can. I'm pretty sure people can contribute um, to the Roth IRA. There's no the Roth. I would I think I, you might be able to. The traditional IRA probably not. You're probably in in a traditional IRA at 73. You're probably at a spot where you have to make uh, forced withdrawals every year, forced distributions yeah, every year, but maybe not a Roth. Mandatory withdrawals, yes, sir. Mandatory withdrawals under traditional, yes, sir. Well, so, I look forward okay. to Scott. Call, I look call forward back to- on December six, and Jeff uh, having a tax program the day before Pearl Harbor Day. Um, that should be quite a hit. In more ways than one, that's the day that our finances go down in flames. But Scott, kidding aside, we really look forward to hearing from the six. And I heard what you asked about insurance, and that brings up a really good idea for a program. And we have some room in December. I will work that out. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you for joining us. And you're listening to Your Legal Rights. We'll be back right after this. Support for KALW is provided by the Bar Association of San Francisco. If you live in San Francisco or Marin County, the Bar Association's Lawyer Referral Service can arrange for you to meet with an attorney experienced in the area of law related to your situation. Call 415-989-1616 or visit sfbar.org for more information. And now back to Jeff Hayden and your legal rights. And you are listening to Your Legal Rights on KALW. We're talking about bankruptcy and debtor's rights. Debtor's rights with Leon Baer. If you have questions for my guest, our phone number is 415-841-4134. If you're outside of the Bay Area, call us toll-free at 866-798-8255. You can call regarding any questions. As did Scott, you don't have to jump into the exact point we are in our conversation. You know, Leon, one of the things I didn't ask about was what happens? You've fallen behind in your credit card payments. What are some of your options? Uh, The options are not particularly good. And I say that because banks don't really want you as a customer unless you can perform your end of the bargain and pay exactly as agreed. Uh, If they make arrangements with you, let's say, to skip a month or a couple months' payments or maybe a reduction in the interest rate, um, you might, if you've been a good customer in the past, you may be able to get that. Um, However, most banks are probably going to reduce your available line of credit because they don't want you going any deeper into debt with them because they're worried you may not be able to pay it back. So they don't want to take any more risk with you than what they've already got. So if you call up and you ask for a rate reduction, interest rate reduction, 
or a moratorium for a couple of months, the alarm bells at the bank are going to start ringing. And you can expect that, let's say you have a couple thousand dollars of available credit, um, you can expect that that is going to vanish, and the bank is not going to allow you to get any deeper into debt with them. Um, If you're facing that kind of a problem, talk to a bankruptcy lawyer. Bankruptcy lawyers are going to talk to you. Almost all of us will talk to you for free. You find out what your legal rights are. The bank knows what their rights are. Why shouldn't you know what your legal rights are? Um, Jeffrey, I hope you are happy the way I segued that into the name of the, of the program. Absolutely. People realize we're here to tell you your legal rights, and if you're not going to get it from us, we'll lead you to the people who will. Yeah. I, I don't know how many people heard this before my phone got disconnected. Um or the studio dropped my call. Maybe Jeffrey hit the wrong key. Folks, <laughs> do you think he might have done that? Um, but I, th- me being on the show tonight is not a commercial for Leon Bayer, bankruptcy lawyer. I practice law in Southern California. Almost everybody listening to this program is located in the Bay Area. Um, if you need a bankruptcy case, I'll be happy to talk to you and tell you what your legal rights are. But I'm not going to handle the case. You're not going to be my client as a paying customer because I don't practice in the Bay Area. You're just going to get my own unbiased opinion, and I'll answer your questions. And, you know, hopefully you'll see then uh, a competent colleague up in the Bay Area and get the job done. Um, But I'm not here hustling for your business. I just want you to know, truthfully, that you have legal rights, what those legal rights are, and there's remedies for getting out of debt problems. Almost all consumer debt problems can be solved. So that's uh, a real important point I want to make. And again, you can talk to bankruptcy lawyers and just make sure that they offer a free consultation. And here's another secret. If you don't like the lawyer that you're talking to, just say thank you for your time. I'll think about it. And then you call somebody else. You don't have to stay with the first person you talk to if you're getting bad vibes from them or you don't like them. And another thing you need to know is that attorney fees are negotiable. Let's say a particular XYZ attorney uh, offers to do your bankruptcy case for $2,000. Well, it may be worth 2000 but you know what? You say, look, look here, attorney, I came in here with $1,500 cash. It's in my pocket. It's all I have. If you'll take my case, I'll pay it to you right now. And you know what? Probably three out of four lawyers will take it. And you'll make a nice discount for yourself. I'm probably not supposed to tell that. Uh, I'll probably get all the other lawyers mad at me. Only the Bay Area lawyers. Okay. Good. We've talked a little bit about consumer debt, and with credit cards, that's probably the worst of this type in the sense that there's typically not a lot of security backing it. Uh, With the car, you've got a car backing it, maybe a little more leverage. Credit cards, a little less so. But the ultimate leverage that some of us have is with the home. You've fallen behind in your mortgage payments. What are some of the options you could do? Okay. The options there are very similar to the Chapter 13 bankruptcy option on a defaulted automobile loan. 
you can go into a Chapter 13 bankruptcy, and again, the first thing that happens immediately, automatically, is that the court issues the automatic stay order to stop all creditors, and that includes a creditor who's foreclosing against your home. And you may present a reorganization plan through the court. Your plan will typically require that you're going to start making all the normal house payments once again. You promise, you swear on a stack of Bibles, you're never going to be late again. And all the back payments you already owe can be paid off gradually over a period of time, like between 36 months and 60 months long, so that gradually, month by month, you climb out of the hole and you gradually bring your house current and end the danger of the foreclosure. And while you're in that Chapter 13, if you have credit card debts that you can't afford to pay, it may be possible in your bankruptcy plan to simply eliminate those credit card debts and not pay anything on them if you can't afford to. So it's a very, very practical remedy. It's a great remedy. We're talking about circumstances at which, by that point, your credit's already wrecked. So, you know, don't stand on your pride. Oh, I don't want to file bankruptcy. Oh, no, nobody in my family's ever filed bankruptcy. Well, I guarantee you they have. There are people in every, every family that have filed bankruptcy. Um, you just don't know it. But when you're at that stage, you're behind on things. Your credit's wrecked anyway, but you're still suffering anyway. Why have these anyway problems? Why not not have the problem anymore? And your credit uh, will recover. Yeah, your credit does recover. How do I know that? Because I get repeat clients. I get clients who come back in after I've done a case for them years ago, and they like the job I did, and they hung on onto my business card, and they're pretty happy to know I'm still here and still working and not retired or dead, and they come back, so I get repeat clients. Why do I get repeat clients? Well, I did a good job for them, but they fell into debt again. They didn't fall into debt unless they were able to get new credit again, and they do. And you probably will, too, if that's what you want. You know, a lawyer just wrote in, and you brought up negotiating with your lawyer and dealing with fees and maybe Uh making payments. Did I get that lawyer mad at me, Jeff? No, but the lawyer turned this around and wanted to ask the question. Um, Client didn't pay her. She's wondering what tools can she use to collect, and might these tools be defeated in bankruptcy? Yes. Lawyer fees are a debt just like any other debt. So if you're a practicing attorney and you have a client that owes you money and they go into bankruptcy, they're going to be able to wipe out the debt. Uh, There's nothing special or sacred about lawyer fees that make them immune to the filing of a client's bankruptcy. In fact, let me take it a little further. If you're a lawyer, and let's say you agreed to do a bankruptcy case for somebody, and they can't quite pay the whole fee up front, and you agree as a lawyer to let them pay you in installments after the case is filed, 
you're not allowed to do that. Because once the case is filed, you, the lawyer, are a creditor for the balance of your unpaid fee, and the automatic stay prevents you from sending them bills. It prevents you from even asking for payment. If you do ask for payment, you're violating the automatic stay, and your own client has the right to sue you for violating their legal rights. How do you like that? Well, I don't practice bankruptcy, and I shouldn't say this publicly, but in my own practice, generally, if people haven't paid the bill, after a certain point, you walk away. I've never sent somebody out to collection. I don't take them to small claims court. Um, It's just not a good look. They're dealing with bigger problems than I have. Yeah. Um, Folks, I can tell you, as a practicing attorney for many decades, it's just been my policy not to sue clients. Um, In the first place, we we require that our fee be be fully paid before we file a bankruptcy case for somebody, because we're not going to file their case and file it against ourselves. Um, But sometimes supplemental work gets done during the case, um, dealing with a particular debt situation that they may have that's a bit out of the ordinary. And sometimes a fee will accrue. If they can't pay it, we just walk away from that. We we, we don't sue them. It's a stupid idea to do that. It's not productive. The likelihood is you'd never collect the money anyway. You just create bad will. And then it's a waste of your time. You've got better things to do as a lawyer. So in answer to the uh, question posed by the, um, um, the legal practitioner in the Bay Area, uh, if you do legal work for a client, let's say you represented them in a divorce and they wind up in bankruptcy, uh, the client does, which frequently happens. Uh, a lot of divorces, a lot of bankruptcy cases are filed on the heels of a divorce case. And there's reasons for that I can go into if Jeffrey wants me to do it. Um, but uh, you, you, you've done your a divorce, divorce work for your client. They file a bankruptcy. You're not going to collect. There's nothing special about you as a lawyer that gives you the right to supersede the bankruptcy. You brought up earlier, we've talked a lot about Chapter 13 and how it could be used when you're behind in your car payments and the like. And even when you're behind in your in your home payments, years ago, a close friend of mine, and I'm going back a number of years, and I don't know if this is still current current uh, law, but he once tried to simplify things for me when he filed his own bankruptcy, and said that his attorney had told him that one of the main differences between Chapter 13 and Chapter 7 is. You really file Chapter 7 when first and foremost you're trying to save your house. That's probably not spoken with a great understanding of the bankruptcy laws. Can you give us a little bit of discussion about the two types of personal bankruptcy and why one might be more applicable than the other? Yeah. If if you're behind on a house, facing a foreclosure, possibility of foreclosure, Chapter 13 is probably going to be in almost all cases, your best remedy, because it allows you to maintain the automatic stay, the restraining order that the bankruptcy court gives you against your creditors, 
It allows you to maintain that automatic stay in place so you don't lose what you're trying to keep. And it lets you propose and hopefully carry out with court approval a reorganization plan to straighten things out and get the loan current over a long, structured period of time. There's nothing comparable to that within a Chapter 7. The filing of the Chapter 7 will result in the same automatic stay, but it's very temporary. A Chapter 7 case typically lasts, has a lifespan in court of about three months from start to finish. And when it's over, it's over. And so is the court protection on the foreclosure. So once the bankruptcy case is closed, the foreclosing creditor is free to pick up where they left off and go right ahead and hold a foreclosure sale. So Chapter 7 is not the best option in most foreclosure cases. So Jeff's friend got it backwards and upside down. If we were not on a radio program, I would probably use some more descriptive terminology but I don't want Jeff's broadcasting license to be jeopardized. One of the distinctions between Chapter 7 and Chapter 13, I mean, Chapter 7, as I understand it, is basically kind of erasing everything. and It's a much harsher remedy, and Chapter 13 is really more of a reorganization. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. Chapter 13 is a reorganization case. It's a reorganization case for the for the little guy. Just as chapter 11 is a reorganization case for the big guys and the corporations. Uh, the rules are specific but flexible. And you may propose a plan, let's say you don't have a lot of extra income right now, not enough to really do the job immediately. You might be able to propose a plan with smaller catch-up payments on a graduated scale that will increase. So if you think your income is going to be going up, and it seems to be the case that it will be going up, uh, you could propose a plan with graduated step-up payments and still accomplish the same thing, even though today you can't really afford to carry it out exactly um, with even equal monthly payments over the whole duration of your bankruptcy case. You know, it was some years ago, not that many years actually, under former President Trump, the Republican Congress really tightened things up as far as bankruptcy and debtors' rights. Much of the moving the scale a bit in the direction of creditors. I haven't seen anything to suggest to me that those requirements have softened any or that the relief granted to debtors has gotten any more expansive since then. Um, did I miss it, or is that pretty much your, your uh, experience as well? Well, I can tell you there is nothing new in the bankruptcy law that's on the horizon right now. Um, not a sure thing anyway there are some some bills in congress that will make it easier if congress would pass these bills to make it easier to discharge student loans in a bankruptcy case right now it's possible but usually 
unlikely to discharge student loans. Um, in terms of history, um, what you're talking about, the tightening up of the bankruptcy laws, that happened during the administration of George W. Bush, not Donald Trump. And the tightening up legislation that made bankruptcy a lot harder was passed overwhelmingly by both Democrats and Republicans. So it wasn't, uh, it wasn't something that came from just one political side of Congress. Uh, it was very much um, uh, agreed upon, even by Hillary Clinton, who, who voted for the acceptance of these much harder, stricter bankruptcy laws that we have today. Let me jump. We have a couple callers. One's ready, one's in queue. I'd like to get them in while we have a few minutes. Good. Uh, first, we have George in San Francisco. Welcome to your legal rights. Hello, George. How can we help you? Looks like we lost George, but that might be George. Uh, let me turn it over to John. Welcome to your legal rights. Hello, John. Are you there? How can we help John? Sounds like our phones aren't letting us help John. Let's see who's next. George. Jeff, are you there? I'm actually taking a powder for a moment. Uh, We have George back. George, welcome back. You're on the air. Thank you. This is a, we'll have to compress this, see if we can fit this in. About this time of year, you start to see an increase in the number of $50,000, $100,000 that you can uh, pay back, et cetera. Has that opened up a particular, uh, it's usually an internet connection, I'm sure. Does does that seem like a, a particular hazard of this time of the year or? Anytime, and what kind of advice can you give people that are dealing with uh, uh, fifty or hundred thousand dollar loan and make it through the holidays? Um, George, that's some pretty lavish holiday spending. Yes, um, I'd like to be George's friend and have him take me shopping. Um, it sounds well. You don't watch enough television. Like, like you're 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 talking about something that sounds to me. What you're describing is a little bit sketchy to me, and I don't fully understand your question, but it sounds like something that, to me, would be indicative of an, some kind of Internet scam where they make you think they're going to loan you money, and then they get you to pay them all kinds of advanced fees and so forth that are necessary for the loan to be approved, and then the loan never gets approved. It was all just a scam to steal advanced monies from you. That's what I think. So watch out for your fees. Absolutely. Look, George, uh, a person, I'm not saying this is you, but a person who is broke and desperate to borrow 50000 and sees an ad on the Internet, they're not really going to loan that money to you. Or they want to separate you, you from some... Pay it back. Unless they see something you have that they want, like maybe your house, which is always a danger. Yeah. Well, thank you for that good response. We'll definitely pass it on. Thank you. 
George, thanks for joining us on Your Legal Rights. Let me turn it over to John in San Francisco. John, you're on the air. Welcome to Your Legal Rights. Hi, thank you. Uh, I had a, a problem dealing with uh, finances and my credit card when uh, I bought a, a very high-end camera. And no sooner did I buy it, it went immediately on sale and was $500 off after just purchasing it. And when I called, the name of the company was San Jose Camera. They refused to budge, so I called my credit card, which was Citibank, and the person on the other end was really, really gracious and very kind. I had been a customer since I was in graduate school, uh, uh, actually as an undergraduate, and I took a school loan. I paid every one of my bills. I tend to pay my bills the day I get them and in full. I do that mainly because I don't want to lose them uh, and then get into problems that way. But as soon as I get the bill, I pay in the full same day. And she well, John, let me John, if I may jump in here. I I think you're about to tell us that you wanted the credit card company to stop payment on that camera because you feel it was unfair for the price to be reduced and. For the, no, for the, I didn't even want them to go that far. I just wanted to be given the same treatment that they were giving other people. This is through Nikon and through the company. And they said that they would do that for me. And they said, oh, we'll credit you the $500. I didn't ask them to do that. They volunteered that. So then okay. they said they'd lost the case. And then I get a whopping bill. And it's all in typeface. I couldn't even read the bill. It was literally like somebody had taken a, a newsprint and photocopied it. And it was this enormous bill. And I said, what's this? And they said, well, it's in the newsprint here that if you lose the case. And I said, I thought because I had been a 40-year customer with Citibank that you were uh, 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 backing me up because I had been a customer this long. And I said, oh, no, uh, if you lo- lost the case, and I said, well, don't charge the little camera store, go after Nikon. John, maybe and, I can uh, help you with that myself. W- the way that credit card companies work, you may be with Visa, you may have a MasterCard, whatever that intermediary is, they will file what's called a chargeback against the other uh-huh. company. And that other bank on the other end will have somebody that will respond to the chargeback. Right, that's what happened. And then if the the second one charges it back, you have one last chance as the, in your case, you're the one doing the chargeback, so they're going to respond. They're going to do what's called a reversal and send it back. That's when Citibank, your bank, can then uh, do a second chargeback and say, nope, here's what you're missing. Here's what it really is. If the other bank still says no, they send it to arbitration. And both sides are bound by that arbitrator. Now, that doesn't, do mean, that. that doesn't mean you're bound by it. That's arbitrating between the consumer's bank and the creditor's bank. You yeah. could still take it and challenge it by going to small claims court, 
something of that nature. But in terms of can you simply stop payment, unfortunately, the arbitration between the banks is the last word. I didn't even have that much uh, knowledge to do that. I was just trying to, I was trying to tell these folks, look, I'll pay the, I'll, uh, I'll pay the full thing. The, 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 the camera was a, a $3,000 uh, uh, camera, and it was reduced in price to $2,500. And I thought, I've been a 50-year Nikon user. First, I used to be an NPS, and then I was kicked out because I didn't have two uh, digital DSLRs. And I had been assaulted. And uh, uh, John, uh, unfortunately, we're anyway. What John, 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 we're out of time. I really can't finish. If you want to call back, give it about five minutes after the show's over, like five minutes from now. I'll be glad to talk to you further personally and talk about chargebacks and what other options you might have. But we are out of time. And Leon, I did want to give you um, a, a half a minute to a minute. Unfortunately, we're out, but if you want to take a half minute or a minute for any closing thoughts, you've got a little bit of time. Sure. Ladies and gentlemen, if you've got financial problems, talk to a financial lawyer. Talk to a bankruptcy lawyer. We've got lots of knowledge. We typically offer free consultation, and you should know just as much about what your own situation is from a legal standpoint as what your creditors already know. It's a win-win for you. You don't have to have sleepless nights worrying about debts. You you don't need to be worried or embarrassed. This is what lawyers do. And we're very good at getting people's debt problems solved. And you can walk out of court and have a fresh start, keep your dignity, and go on with life. That's what it's about. So there's no reason to struggle with this stuff and um, suffer all the brain damage that goes with it. You've been listening to your legal rights on KALW 91.7, San Francisco Bay Area. Tonight, we've been discussing a view of bankruptcy and debtor's rights. Our guest tonight has been Leon Bayer from the Los Angeles firm of Bayer, Wishman, and Leota. Leon's a certified bankruptcy law specialist certified by the California Board of Legal Specialization, State Bar of California, and a longtime supporter of your legal rights. We return next week with a look at cryptocurrency. What will cryptocurrency look like after the downfall of Sam Bankman-Fried? In two weeks, our bi-monthly landlord-tenant broadcast. Every Wednesday at 6, we're here to take your calls and answer your questions. A big thanks to tonight's guest, Leon Baer. Thank you for joining us yet again. And on behalf of your legal rights, a big thanks to all of you for listening and those who called in. And at the controls, Joanne Marr. I'm Jeff Hayden. Be safe and have a good night. KALW is provided by the Bar Association of San Francisco. If you live in San Francisco or Marin County, the Bar Association's Lawyer Referral Service can arrange for you to meet with an attorney experienced in the area of law related to your situation. Call 415-989-1616 or visit sfbar.org for more information.